Hello, this is Tyler Davidson with Meetings Today. We're uh, recording this podcast uh, on the exhibit hall floor at IMAX 2021. Uh, sure great to be back in the swing of things after, I guess, a couple years of uh, hiatus here everyone knows about. But um, let's just jump right back into it um, and with a person who is very well positioned to talk about what happened over the last two years. Joe Schwinger um, is co-founder and CEO of Meeting Play, a um, tech technology company that really specializes, I would say, in virtual and hybrid meetings. Hybrid meetings, absolutely. And why don't you um, let the listeners know what Meeting Play is and sort of um, how you got into it and uh, what makes your company maybe different from some of the other people in the uh, in the field. Yeah, definitely. So um, definitely not new in the industry. Uh, we've been, I like to say in the event tech world, we were kind of new uh, 10 years ago. Uh, we started off as really a gamification company, actually, but we focused on the tier one and the customization components of actually approaching event technology. So really, I would say we really focus on the premium market, not necessarily the DIY, more customization and service orient, um, which when the pandemic hit was really key to how we prospered. Because if you, it's kind of hard to go back two years ago at this point now, but there was just so much unknown and learning that had to be done on how to transfer from the pre-COVID on property to the virtual environment. And that was really where our strengths were. We're we're teaching and working with our event planners to really elevate a premium experience. And the the story goes, uh, basically on March 13th, we lost 100% of our forecasted revenue for the whole year. We were on track for triple digit growth that year. And literally in 72 hours, all gone. And, you know, I don't like to use this word reinvent, but, you know, we we felt sorry for ourselves for 24 hours. And then we picked up the pieces and said, we're not gonna let this happen. And I think the true difference about the approach that we took and why we saw kind of first mover advantage was we stayed true to what we started 10 years ago. We wanted to focus on not the minutia and volume. We wanted to focus on the premium top end and really help our planners. And through that evolution, which I'm sure we'll talk about through these questions, it's been a wild journey, but we've stayed true to that. Really, our brand sits behind the companies that we work with and we build unbelievable unique experiences. And now we're building them to bridge on property experiences with the virtual environments. It's a lot of fun, I have to say. And then um, you used to work with Marriott, right? And we were talking earlier uh, in e-commerce and uh, you really saw an opportunity early on. Uh, Why don't you tell the listeners uh, a little bit of background on that? Yeah, so uh, a Marriott guy always. Um, (laughs) Once you're a Marriott guy or gal, you're never not. Um, So I spent almost 10 years with Marriott. I was one of the first e-commerce managers and grew to uh, oversee uh, e-commerce in North America for almost 4,000 hotels. But during that, what's great about Marriott is there's never an opportunity to get bored. And they built a task force called the Future of Meetings. And it was an initiative to really identify where Marriott can be unique in a niche that's not being served. And the digital component of events was absolutely an area of opportunity. Now. For all of your listeners, you've got to rewind 10 years. Facebook was still on colleges, right? It wasn't even a mainstream application. 
So when I saw what could be done with the mobile technology, the on-property activation and pulling it all together, and the responses from meeting planners when we were presenting, I was like, wow, there is really something here. And ultimately, that's how Meeting Play was born. I, uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I took that fortunate jump out of a great company, Marriott, and um, went 100% in. And the good news is, is that we, uh, we grew by word of mouth. Our reputation is what really served us. Uh, and again, through all of those years, we, we constantly uh, maintained a 50 to 100% year-over-year growth with almost no marketing in the company. And that's been accelerated in the uh, COVID environment with our virtual tools and what we bring to customers. And so, uh, you know, during the pandemic, uh, even planners who didn't really know anything at all about virtual meetings had to really jump in and just start swimming. Um, you know, now there's so many people in that space. Uh, I think I, I read an interview with you. You described it kind of like a gold rush of people moving in. Um, you know, what makes your company and your sort of philosophy behind virtual and hybrid meetings uh, different maybe than some of the rest of the people in, in that space? segment yeah I mean I think I wake up every morning and there's another company that's raising money or that's you know new in the market to go after honestly Tyler what it, what it came down to if there's one thing that I can describe about planners is that they're very trustworthy individuals you've got everything on the line for your stakeholders in an event and when you are new or when you are unproven that is a little bit of a risk and when you have 10 years of living in the trenches with these individuals, that really comes across when you are presenting your solutions. And ultimately at the end of the day, you know, it's about your reputation and your ability to pull through for your customers. And that's where we've been excelling is, you know, we really focus on what other people can't do, right? Uh, and we focus on doing it really, really well. Um, when you look at the engagement scores and the net promoter scores for our events, they're typically double what the industry is. And that's because we're building a solution to meet the goals of what our meeting planners are trying to accomplish. Rather than meeting planners trying to work around a tool with their goals, mm -hmm. it kind of works backwards. And you know, what kind of questions should a meeting planner ask a person who runs a company such as yours? I mean, there's still so many people who are just getting up to speed on this and with all the changes in technology everyone will probably always be getting up to speed on it so you know what are some basic questions a planner should ask yeah it's a great question and you know what i what i am finding that i'm hearing more and more often is unfortunately a casualty of the gold rush that we were talking about and the bandwidth constraints of some of the other uh, players in the market so question number one is who's gonna be with me throughout this journey at your company, and how do I get in touch with them? What we're hearing a lot now is somebody will start a project with a meeting planner uh, through another provider, and there's five, six, seven switches that are going along, and every time that switch happens as a meeting planner, you're explaining to the new person, and, and that is quite you know, just jarring, and it really, I think, disrupts your process. And when we hear meeting planners are having to work harder, a lot of it has to do with that. Your event technology provider should be your partner throughout, right? So 
I, I like to tell people to ask a lot of questions up front around what does operations look like at your company? Who is my lead? When that lead is out, who is you know out sick? Who comes in? And then the other thing that I would ask for, there's two other components, is what does the uh, loading and the development process look like? Is it 24-hour support or is it only business hours? And then lastly, day of and meeting support. All two times we're hearing of event planners who still are, in, in some regards, still figuring this out. They're, you know, opening up a general session at 8 a.m. and at 7:30 they're trying to figure out what the hell to do. Yeah. And that is a recipe for disaster, right? So everything that Meeting Play does, we really align our resources around the timelines and around what they're trying to accomplish. But you'll probably find that we have more support two or three days during and then uh, active during the event than other people. So those are a couple of things that I would ask. And then besides all the sort of the nuts and bolts and the uh, the machinations of everything, what are some general tips that you would have for planners regarding virtual events? Um, you know, how to make a virtual setting actually engaging and then tips for hosting a successful uh, hybrid event. Yeah, absolutely. So a, a couple things. The the one thing that I, as we move into hybrid, the one thing that I continue to start to talk to people about is there's a lot of what does the future of meetings look like, right? But what I keep on telling people is we're actually living in the future of what we thought three or four years ago. And this continued conversation about what does the future look like means that we're, we're stepping over the now and there's an unbelievable opportunity. And I have been seeing that over the last three months really in execution with our planners as they go back on property. So I'm going to answer that question in a hybrid environment because truly when you look at what we're executing, most of it is hybrid at this point, still quite a bit of dedicated virtual and on-site, but the bulk of our customers are actually executing hybrid. So tip number one is don't forget about the best practices and the influence that we've had on your attendees in the last 18 to 24 months. They are now accustomed to talking to speakers through live Q&A. They are now accustomed to you know, general chat amongst everybody. I had a meeting planner ask me a couple weeks ago, well, are, are, we, are we gonna offer a chat within the mobile app when people are sitting in the room? And I said, well, they've been doing this for 18 months. Are you gonna take away something that is now the norm, right? You know, everybody, and, and you know, I, I, 24 months ago, I said that we've really hit our Uber moment, right? Now that you're using Uber, if I told you you couldn't jump in the back seat, but you had to go back, how would you feel about that? So tip number one is don't, don't remove the norms that have been introduced. You should play on top of them. And for those events that have, for example, going back to keeping the mobile app chat on, what we have seen is a really healthy dialogue amongst the people that are on property versus the people that are there remotely. Number two, one, when we surveyed our customers and their attendees, when we asked them what the number one, one of the top 10 or top five features, what became really resounding was, I've never had so much FaceTime or one-on-one -on -one interactions with your speakers in a virtual environment versus pre-pandemic. I mean, it's very rare for you to pull a speaker aside 
pre-pandemic and have a five-minute conversation to ask them a question. But in the virtual environment, I mean, it's it's all right there. The live Q&A, the chat, and in our platform, speakers actually go live afterwards and they address them. So step number two along the same theme is number one is don't remove the voice of your speakers because attendees appreciate that new introduction. Excuse me, introduction. Um, so there's a couple things there that I would say. Number one, you know, the overarching theme though is don't go back to Blockbuster. You moved into Netflix. Your customers are expecting Netflix. Just because we've gone back on property, don't recoil into being, you know, Blockbuster all over again. Excellent. Yeah. And um, also, you know, what are some uh, good tech products for people uh, on-site attendees? Yeah. So uh, here at IMAX, we're, we're using Clear. And quite frankly, I've used just about all of them, and we've been integrating with all of them. Step number one is use a third party or use a very feature-rich product to help you safely bring everybody back together. As part of the work that I've been doing uh, with Marriott, um, Michael Clark uses a term that we plan these meetings through the lens of safety. And that's actually number one. But let technology help you. And I'll just, because we've, we've been using the Clear app, you know, now that I've been, you know, vaccinated and I'm, I'm, I'm protected, it's scary to bring that card around, right? Like if I lose that, that's almost like losing your social security. Well, the Clear app or any technology, right? It allows for a digital footprint for you to leave that at home. But more importantly, as we navigate Las Vegas and they ask for our Vax card, as we come into IMAX, we now have a piece of technology that is helping us, right? So that's a key component of how I think technology is making its way in. And then the other component as we get back on property, right? Another example would be, uh, I'll, I'll pick on IMAX, right? If I would have told you three years ago that we'd be emailing you your name badge to print at home, I think you would look at me with, you know, kind of some, some crazy eyes. But that process, in my opinion, has potentially for the better influenced. When I went to CES prior to the pandemic, I waited 45 minutes for my badge, right? That is not a great way to kick off your experience at an event. So look at how, through the lens of safety, they've said, let's take this congested area and let's do something different, okay? And that's kind of what we're seeing, you know, at Meeting Play, we now have touchless badge printing. You literally can walk up and go somewhere without seeing a human, interacting, you know, within six feet, and it's all touchless. And this whole notion of the uh, print at home uh, badge, you're gonna see more of that with, you know, Meeting Play has it coming through a text message when you're sitting in front of a kiosk and boom, right there. Completely removing all of those logistics and, but again, going through the lens of safety for our attendees. Excellent. And we're almost uh, done with the podcast uh, for today. But one more question. We we spent two years sort of walking through the valley. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope we're hoping, uh, you know, there's no more variants and we're, we're coming out of it. How about fast forward two years from now? What is uh, what are meetings going to look like? Oh, boy. Wow. The crystal ball, huh? Yes. The crystal ball question. Well, I think it depends on if you believe Facebook and uh, Microsoft also just uh, announced uh, 
you know, their whole meta universe. And I think it's really, quite frankly, it's it's kind of risky to, to depict where we're going to be in two years. Here's what I will say, is we have learned a lot on how to consume content over the last two years. What we are still trying to figure out is how you bring human interactions in a hybrid or a virtual environment. So my answer is in the next two years, I believe that's gonna get figured out and you are gonna see the emergence of networking on property and virtual come together through some kind of AR or VR. I think it is wildly popular. I look at, you know, the, you know, like my children adopted Alexa very early on. They don't call people anymore. They FaceTime. And I think if you look at how the, you know, our high school and middle is now using Chromebooks instead of laptops and how they're using virtual reality, they are the future, you know, attendees. And I can only imagine that that uh, those announcements are going to have an impact on where we are in two years. Well, I guess I'll see you there then. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Yeah, you, you bet. I pre- appreciate it. Uh, and that was Joe Schwinger, uh, co-founder and CEO of Meeting Play, um, being uh, recorded here on the exhibition floor in the press center at um, IMAX America 2021. Um, thanks for joining us today for this Meetings Today podcast. Head on over to meetingstoday.com and check out our podcast section for a variety of other great um, informative podcasts from industry thought leaders. Thanks for joining us and have a great rest of the day. Thank you.